Election College, episode 72, the election of 1992. Three guys run for president, and a governor from Arkansas wins. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Man, Ben, the economy. Ooh. It's uh, taxes and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, George H.W. Bush, he's not Ronald Reagan. No, he. He is not infallible, apparently. No. And um, you remember that whole thing about read my lips, no new taxes? Yeah, I do. Um, he raised taxes. Ugh. Yeah, so Bush, um, he, he said he wouldn't raise taxes, and then he did. And then so like a lot of the people who voted for him because he said he wouldn't raise taxes are like, well, what the heck did I just do? Like, Why did I even bother? And also, the economy's in a recession, and my wallet's empty. And the 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 Soviet Union just dissolved, but I already forgot about that. And nothing's happened in the Middle East, but my wallet's empty. <laughs> right? Hey, do you remember the movie Canadian Bacon? Have you ever seen that? Uh, only when you talked about it beforehand have I do I have I ever heard of it at all. Okay, because this is like the era where that came out. I never saw it though. And John Candy is the sheriff of Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah. And the president is Alan Alda. Right. Which is totally awesome. <laughs> and we're looking for a common enemy because the Soviet Union just fell. Like this is the time. This, this is it. This is it. Right here. So. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh let's talk about. Just some of the things that were going on. Um, Iraq. Yeah. Saddam Hussein. Yeah. They invade Kuwait. Okay. And we go in and we just clean house. I mean, boom. We, liter- we literally, in just a matter of days, liberated Kuwait. Right. You would think the president is pretty popular. You would hope, but it's not the case. Because your wallets are empty. Yeah. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the economy. Stupid. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a that's an in-joke for many of you. Well, and that's what that's what Ann Richards said. Yeah. Um, you know, she kind of had the quote from the last campaign about um, George Bush having a silver spoon stuck in his mouth. Well, she said, it's the economy, stupid. And everybody else was like, it's the economy, stupid. Right. And, um, well... Talk about the Republicans first. Um, Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan, the uh, the conservative Christian journalist, newspaper, TV guy, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly that guy. Uh-huh. You had Ron Paul. Okay. He, like most of us know, he's the libertarian guy. Uh, he actually ran for president back in 88 as the libertarian candidate. We didn't even talk about the libertarians last time. No, because he didn't really do that much. Right. But uh, he's like... Hmm, maybe I should run for president. Maybe I should. Well, Pat Buchanan's in, so maybe I won't. Yeah. So Pat Buchanan, he does not great, but in the New Hampshire primary, he loses, but he still got 38% of the vote, which is 
pretty good against an incumbent president. Yeah. Um, Bush won 73% of all the primaries in the country. And uh, Buchanan won like maybe about 33% of what Bush won. Yeah. So, hey, Ben, get this. Uh huh. David Duke. Yeah. Um, you know, that, sound, that just sounds like a evil name to me. <laughs> oh, there might be a David Duke that's. Yeah. Uh, it's, I knew the connotation though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like on Parks and Rec when they talk <laughs> Bobby Newport. <laughs> Bobby Newport. <laughs> well, David Duke. Yeah. So he was a Democrat. He was at one point. He was actually a state rep and a grand wizard of the KKK. Wow. Sounds not very promising. Not terribly. He's like, I'm going to run as a Republican. And he got like 119,000 votes. And uh, and at this point, all the Republicans are like, yes. No, 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 they weren't. (laughs) So you got all this going and hey, you got to have a good fight, right? Yeah. uh, Well, maybe. No. (laughs) (laughs) President Bush and uh, Vice President Quayle. Just just breeze right through the Republican Party convention and get the renomination. And uh, there were some adjustments, though. Yeah. I mean, the conservative group of the Republican Party gets bigger, and they are much more influential in turning Bush and Quayle um, to the right. And socially conservative um, positions become much more important to the party so much so that Bush allows Buchanan to give the keynote address at the Republican National Convention. Yeah. So uh, kind of a boring Republican term here. Let's talk about the Democrats. It's a little more interesting. Yeah. So you remember the guy who gave the long speech, the nominating speech last time? Yeah. He got booed. and Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? Oh, okay. Dukakis is in. Okay. Well, Clinton... Boo. <laughs> well, guess what? He's going to run for president. Yeah. The um, the crazy thing is that the Democrats are like almost positive they're not going to win. Right. George Bush is hugely popular. He has an approval rating of 89% for a minute, and then it goes down. And even in the face of all this, you've got some pretty high-profile candidates. You've got Mario Cuomo who is trying to get the Democratic nomination. You've got, um, everybody wants Al Gore, the senator, who we talked about last episode, to go for the nomination. But he has a son who was hit by a car and was going some pretty extensive surgery and physical therapy. And he says, no, that's this is more important to me. I'm going to take care of my family. Yeah. So you got Tom Harkin, Paul Songus, Jerry Brown. Uh, you remember Jerry? Jerry Brown. And uh, Bob Carey. Doug um, or Douglas Wilder and Bill Clinton. They're like, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to do this. So Senator Tom Harkin from Iowa actually ran as a bit of a populist liberal and has a lot of labor union support. Yeah. um, Senator Songus from Massachusetts. He's like, I'm an independent and I'm fiscally conservative. Which is not terribly common of people in the Democratic Party. So he's reaching a part of the Democratic Party who agree with social issues that don't necessarily agree with the majority of people on fiscal issues. Yeah. And you got um, California, or at this point, it's former California governor who is current 
California governor, Jerry Brown. Um, he wants to reform a bunch of stuff, um, including uh, term limits for congressmen. Um, he wants to have some campaign finance reform. And he wants, get this, ladies and gentlemen, a flat tax. Yeah. What is this? We're seeing all sorts of anti-democratic party positions here. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, Bob Carey, um, he's got this huge resume of uh, being a successful businessman as well as the military background. Um, But he misspeaks a couple of times. And Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, he's like, hey, I'm a centrist. And, uh, well, let's just call it a new Democrat. Oh, yeah. And so part of the reason I was emphasizing that a lot of the ideas were a little bit different than normal, it's it's becoming less and less okay to be hard party lined at this point in the 80s and 90s. And Bill Clinton, who positions himself as not only a new Democrat, but again, we see this theme of the young, new guy who nobody knows but is super popular because he's just kind of hip. I mean, Bill Clinton, say what you want, good or bad, he is, has a magnetic personality. Yeah. So um, the primary season starts, uh-huh. and Tom Harkin, I mean, he's from Iowa, so he's going to win the Iowa caucus, right? Yeah. And Songus, he's going to win the New Hampshire primary because he's from Massachusetts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Clinton finishes second in New Hampshire and he labels himself the comeback kid. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because right after, uh, he started gaining some momentum uh, and he's still relatively unknown. There's a woman named Jennifer Flowers who goes on to the press and starts revealing some different allegations of an affair and between, um, um, different individuals with Bill Clinton and Clinton wins people over by going on 60 minutes with Hillary Rodham Clinton, his wife and saying, no, this didn't happen. And the nation sees the support he has from his wife and they see, uh, that he's a likable guy and they're like, okay, well he must be telling the truth. Yeah. So later on, um, when the primaries head over to the South, over to Georgia, Clinton wins. And there's some other wins from um, Bob Carey and Jerry Brown and um, and a few others where um, it was looking like Songus was going to do really well. Um, the comeback kid is just starting to emerge. And by the time Super Tuesday comes around, he's the solid front runner. Yeah, and so they go into the convention, and, uh, well, it's pretty unanimous. Not quite unanimous, actually, but Bill Clinton definitely gets the nomination, and they choose Senator Al Gore from Tennessee, we talked about him a couple times, as his running mate. Now, Al Gore wouldn't run for president, but he ran for vice president in this this, uh, election. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because... If you're a democratic strategist, strategist, (laughs) strategery, strategery, you're going to try to get somebody from the north and somebody from the south on a ticket. 
namely because the Democratic Party is pretty diverse um, when it comes to um, a lot of the social issues that um, that might divide the party. So Clinton goes against that, and he selects Al Gore being from Tennessee. And what this does is any of those suspicions that Clinton is not a family guy are removed because Gore is perceived as being a family man. And, hey, he's a good Christian guy, right? Why not? So, uh, Jason, we can't talk about 1992 at all if we don't talk about independent. And independent votes have never been so important as in, well, at least popular opinion would state that independent people have never been so important (laughs) than in the 1992 election. I'm all ears. All right, so Ross Perot. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Texas. He's a businessman. Um, He is like, well, I'm I'm actually a Republican, but I'm running as an independent because I'm not nobody's gonna nobody's gonna let me be the candidate when we've already got the president uh currently being a Republican. So I'm gonna run. Yeah. Keep in mind that there was this little thing, it's not little. <laughs> There's this thing called NAFTA, the North America Free Trade Agreement. And you had Republicans like George Bush and Democrats like Bill Clinton who were very much for NAFTA. And Perot is like, uh, no, this is going to do all kinds of terrible things. It's going to uh, increase our debt. It's going to have an impact on jobs. Um, it's just going to be horrible for our country. So uh, Perot is like, yeah. I am going to fund this thing. Hey, why not? I'm rich. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to fund this thing, and I'm going to run against Clinton and Bush. And you know who I'm going to get as my running mate? James Stockdale. Yeah. He's a a war veteran, and uh, he's got some things going for him. Uh, Namely, he's a war veteran. (laughs) He actually was quite a bit older than everybody else. Uh, out there running yeah and so the um it's kind of interesting because independents don't often get their name on the ballot in all 50 states but ross perot was successful in getting his name on the ballot in all 50 states and he actually led by june he led the national public opinion polls he had support from 39 percent of voters guess what 31 for bush who is the president currently mm-hmm. and 25 percent for clinton He's got more than both of them, but then he does something. He drops out oh. for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he drops out. Everybody's like, oh, I guess, well, I guess we need to just figure out who else we want to vote for then. And then uh, that's that's July. And a couple weeks later, he's like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, guys. Uh, so <laughs> he had... Um, he had stated that he dropped out because of some Republican operatives tried to disrupt his daughter's wedding and, you know, basically intimidated him. He didn't have any evidence. It may have been true, may not have been, but either way, it hurt his credibility big time. Yeah. So you did have some other um, party candidates or parties that <laughs> ran candidates. Uh, you had the Socialist Workers Party. 
Um, Lyndon LaRouche uh, ran. Uh, he had the Populist Party and um, some other nominations. But uh, the other big name to enter the race was Ralph Nader. Yeah, Ralph Nader, um, he didn't formally run. He, he did run, but he pretty much told everybody for the New Hampshire primaries, hey, write in my name. Um, no matter what party you are, just write in my name. And so several thousand Democrats and Republicans wrote in Ralph Nader's name. And he had you know, mostly done a lot of things with uh, consu- consumer advocacy, and he was a little more liberal-leaning, but he did get more votes from Republicans than Democrats. And guess what? Now you've got Republicans in New Hampshire splitting their votes like 18 ways right. because you've got the president, you've got Ralph Nader, you've got Ross Perot, you've got the Republicans who are disenfranchised and they're voting for Bill Clinton or whoever else they want to vote for. So it's like a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, so are you ready to dive into the campaign? I think that would be appropriate. So Bill Clinton, uh-huh. he's got the Democratic Party nomination. So that was quite a process in and of itself. And like you mentioned earlier, you got Ross Perot, who's leading the race among the three. And really the two-way, like, so if you were to take Perot out of the equation, Bush is going to win. Yeah, but the economy continues to get worse. And the president's approval rating, remember what I said earlier, their wallets are empty, continues to slide down and down and down. And so the Democrats are like, wait a minute. The president is losing popularity. We've got multiple other people who are popular, who really are, uh, you know, a lot of Republicans and Democrats. We've got to really boost our nominee. Bill Clinton needs our support. We need to... We've got a real shot here now. Right. So by the time um, the nomination is accepted, Perot is like, I better get out (laughs) because um, what's going to happen is this unified Democratic Party is going to cause the race to be decided by the House. Yeah. So Clinton gives his acceptance speech in July, and he's like, I'm bringing a new covenant to America and I'm going to heal the gap between the rich and the poor that happened during the Reagan Bush years. And every party gets a bounce. Whether you like it or not, you're going to get a bounce when your convention is going on. But this was the biggest bounce in history. He was at 25% in the spring. And then he goes up to 55% after the con- the convention. Yeah, and so after the convention, Clinton and Gore, they start going on a bus tour. And then uh, Bush and Quayle, they're like, well, maybe not them specifically, but their party and the campaigners behind it realize we're in trouble. We have to attack this man. And... There have been attacks in the past, and I say this kind of thing often, but it's it's not still at this point really typical to directly go after someone's character as a person who's running for president. It's just not typically done. But they start going after him, saying that his foreign policies are garbage. 
but also his character is garbage. He's uh, not faithful to his wife. He's dodging the draft, or he he dodged the draft. There's no draft, obviously, 1992. And you really see some claws coming out that are kind of uncharacteristic of, well, anybody who would be a follower of Reagan, especially as vice president. Right. So um, another famous thing to come out of this was the accusation that he smoked marijuana. Um, he did say that uh, he pretended to smoke but he didn't inhale. <laughs> so um, there were other accusations of Clinton meeting with communists on a trip that he took um, to Russia. And, um, and uh, of course, that extramarital affair um, accusation with Jennifer Flowers. So the election yeah. comes around November 3rd. Bill Clinton. He wins. Whoa. What? Sorry. <laughs> Oops. He won. He won. Oh my goodness! I if you didn't know that already, I'm surprised. First of all, but second of all, <laughs> that if you if you look at six months before the election, and I told you Bill Clinton's going to win, you no wouldn't way. believe me. No, no way. way, you wouldn't believe me. So yeah, um, three way race, uh-huh. and Clinton pulls it off. It's actually the first time since 1968 that a candidate wins the presidency with under 50 percent of the popular vote. Yeah, and well, a lot of crazy things happen in this in this election. Um, certainly, Ross Perot had a big impact on the popular vote for George H. W. Bush, but a lot of people say it might not have been such a big factor in the race because some of the exit polls indicated that it was both Democrats and Republicans voting for him, and other exit polls say that people decided if they didn't vote for Ross Perot, they weren't going to vote for anybody. And so it really becomes, well, yeah, now here and here and now in 2016, we like to look back and say, if he hadn't run, the election could have gone a totally different way. But it's hard to say, first of all. And second of all, a lot of polls indicate otherwise. Right. There's really no way of knowing. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we see in this election that these non party line candidates are doing so well because it was this election that really showed that well if we're gonna have a third party it's not going to go well (laughs) for the other two i mean just face it um if you have somebody that has a more conservative economic policy and the party that touts in this case it would be um, the Republicans, it's going to hurt the Republicans. Or if you have somebody as a more uh, liberal uh, viewpoint entering the race, it's going to hurt the Democrats. There's just no getting away around it. The third party candidate isn't really working at this point in our history to win an election. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, Interesting election, and you could definitely read tons about the different analyses, 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 analyses <laughs> that have been done about uh, the different ways that people voted and how that's impacted elections in the future. And I have a feeling, I don't know this for sure, that 2016 is going to see something very similar in that respect. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, quote me now. 
something crazy is going to happen in 2016 election. <laughs> I think I it already has. I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something crazy. Hey, I'd love to hear your idea on what is actually going to happen with the 2016 election. Find us over on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Election College. And if you would not mind, and you just have a couple seconds, go over to iTunes. Even if you don't use iTunes, it would be great. And leave us a just a short little review and some five stars, maybe, saying how much you enjoy the show, and then uh, tell a friend. Yeah, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.